The unnamed man sits across from you in the interrogation room. You're getting tired of sitting, but you don't let that show. You've sat through a lot worse things for a hell of a lot more time than this. But you're nearly out of coffee and not even close to finishing your story. He decides to interrupt by asking, So you went and did it. You stole the body of Deputy Jacob. I set my coffee cup down and sit back in the chair, crossing my arms. We did. Before we get into that, you found additional ties to Benthic. They're hiding something in the Oakland pit, and McCaslin, your patient Zero, was one of the people who was involved. At this point in your investigation, what did you know about Benthic? We knew a few things. It's a small, specialized pharmaceutical company that produces small runs of medication for rare diseases. They're very private, but have ties to the VA and a few other interesting things around the country. The connection is solid, but the questions still remain. What is this infection? What does it have to do with Benthic? And what does Delta Green want with the infected body of Deputy Jacob? I lean forward again, wrapping my hands around my almost empty coffee cup and looking down at it. As to the last, I've no idea. And I'm pretty sure Castle didn't know either. So you have the infected body of the dead deputy being driven in the coroner's van. Who are you told to deliver it to? Not who, where. Castle told us to take the body to the green box he told us about when we arrived. All right then, tell me about that part. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. So after an evening of essentially getting some food, visiting the hospital, checking in on things, doing a sundry errands and whatnot, uh, the group eventually returns back to your hotel room and then settles in for the evening, ostensibly. Uh, guys re- return to your rooms. You can handle your, your personal errands. You do your computerized reports. And very so casually, every now and then, maybe you take a trip to the ice machine, you know, just to get some ice, right? Uh, the soda machine, you go to the, grab a snack and a soda, head back to your room, just casual stuff you would normally be doing in the evening at a motel, and you glance out of the parking lot. Initially, when you first get there, that same white car from our friend, Eric Hayes, is there. But sometime after six, uh, when somebody heads out, maybe it's, it's Rory going out to get a soda, uh, you notice that the uh, the car's gone. And then, um, just to be sure, a little bit later on, somebody else goes, you check for some ice, Maybe go down to the uh, get a map from the uh, from the attendant at the at the front desk. Just whatever errands you would normally be doing. Just whatever you. We're gonna go buy a buy a buy a postcard. You can buy another round of Starbucks. Wait, wait, wait! A Starbucks card. Whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter what the excuse is. It's too it's too late in the evening for Starbucks, even for Rowan. So, honest excuses that you make to leave the room at different. You glance at around six thirty. He's not there. Around 7.30, somebody else makes a trip outside for whatever innocent reason that you guys come up with. Uh, the car is also not there. Uh, waiting into the evening around 9.30 or so, someone peers out their window just to see what the weather's like. Looks at that spot. And our friend Eric Hayes' vehicle is also not in a parking lot. It appears like he is left for the evening. So, it looks like he's gone, but I have an idea for next time. Would we have a... Probably would have been even great upon time to meet at maybe Agent Rowan's room. 
Which we'll say it was what, 10 p.m.? What's a good time, Ron? 10, 10.30 or so. She would have finished typing up her uh, reports for the day. Well, up to this point anyway. Finish, finish typing those up and is in less official clothing. So 10.30 p.m. At this point. Uh, the, the crew just very casually, very, just wanders in wearing maybe not the usual work clothes. I don't know what you would, would wear on evening outing like this. But you arrive around 10.30 at Agent Rowan's room. Everyone's in. Doors closed. Last glance over your shoulder, the parking lot, still clear. The room is yours. Are we trying to look casual, or, are we, or is this a turtleneck operation? I think go for whatever clothes are darkest that look like they wouldn't stand out. Damn, no red flannel. Okay. <laughs> can't, use the, can't use the flannel jacket this time. Tur- turtleneck and jeans will probably be your best option. Also, I wanted to say uh, in the errand running... Uh, I wanted to stop off at Walmart and, dro- and drop in at the sporting goods area and get a couple pairs of binoculars. Right, you guys have those as well. Two pairs. Rory, can we say, while we are at the hospital, are you able to get some sort of oral sedative? Because my idea is if we need to lose him again and he's just sitting there waiting, one of us can go up and be like, hey, if you're going to be waiting here for a while, here, have a cup of coffee. And then he falls asleep. That would be this knowing about like how securely they keep drugs at most hospitals. <laughs> Probably hard to yeah to procure unless they like yeah you'd have to like Can get you an write order. A description? No, we wouldn't like you wouldn't have a way. You wouldn't have like a pad or like a legal way to do that. Unfortunately, yeah. No, knowing knowing what I do about pharmacy stuff, and I'm sure I'm sure our our own Rory can uh, fill in with the more in depth. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> They keep everything on lockdown. Yeah, especially if anything that is remotely able to affect your, like, anything that can cause any sort of addiction at all, like cough syrup, anything. They're basically yep. for, like, every single tablet. Yeah, and there and there's counts multiple times a day. Oh, yeah. So uh, what's the plan? <laughs> what's the plan, people? What, where, where are you going to? What's, what's our agenda? Rory probably would have suggested maybe driving somewhere, like the hospital or somewhere, that they wouldn't be surprised if they saw us. Just in case he's not, if he's parked somewhere else and is going to follow us. Let's drive around a bit and see if anybody's tailing us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So you guys dress up in your nighttime casuals, the darker casual clothes that you hope that don't draw too much attention. Return to the vehicle. Any special equipment you're bringing with you on this little trip? Do we have, like, tasers? Not that I'm aware I of. I doubt it. I don't anyway. Is that something you can buy at Walmart, like self-defense tasers that'll knock someone out? Not at Walmart. They they won't knock someone out. But they do have, um, they have stores for that here in Montana. Can we have gone to buy some tasers? Because I'm sure you don't want me to kill anyone if we need to make a quick escape. Maybe tomorrow, but at at 1030 at night right now, unfortunately, you guys are sans tasers. That's fair. I would say that that I have my pistol in the usual holster on my hip just because I don't ever like being unarmed when I'm on assignment. And I'm layered enough that I'm wearing my Kevlar vest under one of my shirts. It'll stand out if someone's really looking at me, but they'd have to be looking. Yeah, same thing, uh, plus the tactical knife. All right. Everyone else uh, carrying just service weapons, I assume. Yeah, Rory would probably have at least a probably have his medical kit just in case because he knows how things happen things happen and a uh, and river what's he bringing oh i'll i'll bring my my weapon and and wear the kevlar vest probably not going to bring the sampling equipment for this one 
That's too bad. Uh, so pretty pretty much just that. Okay. All right. So the drive around town. Oh, go, go ahead. I'll, I'll probably throw in the crowbar just in case we need it. <laughs> in the like four hours that we had in there, I would have been watching my email to see if anything comes in from A-Cell. Do I see anything come in? So I'm trying to think. When you first contacted them was in the afternoon, late afternoon, maybe about 3, 3.30? Yeah, while we were still at the hospital, yeah, so it was about 2.30 or so. 2.33, yeah. Okay, so it's been about six, six to seven hours. I'm just going to check. Um, so, yeah, so far, nothing in your inbox. So, yeah, so so far, nothing. Okay, so, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've, I've been watching that, and I'll pass that along to them. Be like, well, haven't heard from the higher-ups yet. Do we have a way to get into the green box? Good question. Or are we just going to drive there and, like, drop this thing off in front of the... I mean, we can always, if we need to, we can always call Castle. Like, hey. I think once we have obtained the uh, the body, we call Castle on our way out there. Well, I mean, when we first met him, he he told us about, gave us the location and said we were, this was available to us. I, I don't remember specifically. Yeah, he probably would have given us a key If he gave us a key or a, or a combination or something, but. Yeah, he did neither of those two things. There's no key okay. and I was no say, I don't remember either of those. So maybe we don't need one. I would like to take sort of basic tools and things in the car, like the crowbar, bolt cutters, if need be, just sort of right, basic stuff. We don't have stuff. any bolt cutters yet. We can buy some of those later, but we do have the crowbar. So we've got that. I also want to take rifles, or at least mine, even if I'm not walking into the coroner's office with it. You got it. Okay, so um, our drive around town is uneventful and quiet, and as you keep a sharp eye for tails... And you're happy to see that nothing grabs your attention. There's a brief stay at, at the hospital. Just, just sit in the parking lot, keep an eye out, but you feel secure. You leave the hospital. It's now 11 p.m. at night, and you drive to the coroner's office. All right, let's yeah. do this. I think I think we park the, the Range Rover a little ways away if we're nicking the van. Right, so you park, you park about like a, a block few blocks away. away, blocks away. Um, the city streets, as we mentioned before, this is still the, the kind of the downtown area. The streets here have the, the kind of diagonal parking abuts the sidewalk, and there's just there's nobody parked here at this time of night. Uh, the businesses are closed, the offices are closed. There's no there's very little traffic, or you know, obviously no foot traffic, but it's 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 shut down. There's actually a, a bank parking lot across the street, which would be empty. There's there's nobody at the bank parking lot, which which means that that our vehicle would stand out. So let's let's park somewhere where it will blend in. A Range Rover would be very common in this area. Unless someone was specifically looking for that and for us, it wouldn't stand out. So I'll have you guys park a little bit further away. On the edge of the business area, you'll find just a neighborhood where there's cars parked, residential area. There's cars parked on the street, obviously, for their houses. You just park right in front of somebody's house nearby enough so it looks like just another car. Leave the car there, exit. It's a couple blocks. Let's say it's two and a half blocks over into the downtown. And you walk on over there quietly. I'm looking, it is actually only two blocks away. I got it all up here. The whole map of everything. <laughs> Perfect recall. So uh, as you, Mildly terrifying. As you approach the, the corner's office, I'm assuming, for our sake, the front door would be... Uh, is that front door approach or back door approach? What are we looking at? Well, uh, the parking lot in that direction, you would go to the parking lot and then the front... It looks like the back door because the front door is onto like the main street. And then Unless also right here, the wanted police department, to, right? Or sheriff's department? Sheriff's department is off is off to the side. It's kind of like an L with the two parking lots. It looks like there's an entrance in the front on the street, and then the parking lot in the back. 
the back also has access to the sheriff and the police department, right? So there, there would be some service vehicles back there. I'm assuming. Uh, no, that well, there's a second parking lot in front of the sheriff's, off to the side. Okay, so the sheriff's have, they'll have their own secured parking lot where they keep their vehicles, obviously behind a locked gate. You know, so the public can't walk up and grab a patrol car. So the area you're in is going to be for employees parking. And in the back of the coroner's office, um, near the back door, they have a dedicated van. Lewis and Clark County Coroner's Office van, stenciled on the side. Simple black van windows have been covered over in the, on the sides and the, and the back. So just the front and the passenger area. It's a van. So there's basically two seats, driver, passenger. And the back is entirely for carrying things that they would be recovering from the many sites that the coroner's van might want to visit. And presumably they've got a discreet entrance so that, you know, the public doesn't have to watch deliveries. Yeah, so they, they have a double door in the back, you know, which, which you see near the parking lot that they would probably use for discreet entrances and exits. And I'll, I'll, I'll look over at Rory. Well, I think this is where those keys come in. Yeah, and I would be able to probably tell which one it goes to this van. Yeah, it's a GMC van. You find the key. It's, a, it's simple. It's not our typical, it's not a clicker. It's a key key. You, know, you, you key the van open and the doors pop open. The locks pop open on both sides. The lights don't blink. There's no alarm sounds or whatnot. It's an older van, you know, we would use for these purposes. And you've got the right key. And it's, it's right there, uh, maybe eight feet away from the entrance or to the back of the coroner's office. Is it backed up towards it or? Uh, they parked it head in for some reason. Okay. Um, I think we should move this. And I'll say this as quietly as you can it out and back it in so it's a smaller trip when we do need to get the body out well these old these older cars are really loud when they start up uh, that's true that's what i was thinking it, it might be better to only start at once when we have to that's a solid plan the extra five feet sucks but it isn't going to be the thing that makes or breaks this so the four Hopefully. of you have gathered um, near the back entrance of the coroner's office there's an exterior light that has a little cage over it that illuminates this parking lot, but it's somewhat faint. It's got a slight yellow uh, glow to it. Um, it's not really bright outside tonight. The, the sky is clear. Uh, it's cloudless night. Uh, we've got a moon, which is in a quarter moon, fairly dark outside. The wind is, is cold. There's a chill in the air. But there's not a lot of, there's no noise. Uh, no, no bird sounds, no traffic sounds, no sounds of people. It's a quiet, cool, crisp night. And you're back at the double doors, the locked double doors to the coroner's office. Can I check to see if there is any signs of an alarm or security cameras? I was thinking that. So uh, give me a search okay. roll. Wait, who looks at the highest search roll? Let's just do it. We'll keep it simple. I have a 52. Uh, 43. 43. Mine is also 52. Okay, well... Uh, we wait. have two 52s and two 43s? That's I'm not gonna, bizarre. I'm not going to make you roll. At, at, that, at that level, you guys have time and patience. It's quiet. It's clear. And you, and you have experience with these sorts of things. So looking it over, uh, you view no alarms and not even a camera here near the back entrance of the coroner's office. It's okay. clear. As dark as it is, Rowan will we'll slip her glasses off and stick, and stick them in her blazer pocket. You ready? Agent Roy, you've got the keys. So we're confident that we're, we can open the doors and not have any alarms go off? Yeah, that's what they told you. Okay. All right. Then he would walk up towards the back door, look and see if any of the keys, see if figure out which key it is before he tries it, and then... You try a couple, just just enough, and you find the one that fits, that works. You took it, it turns. Okay. It turns all the way around, and the the, uh, the doors, two-handled doors that you pull down, you know, either one is a double door, 
So okay. you pull one up. Tell open. me we have gloves on before we do this. Is everyone oh, yeah. gloved up? Oh, yeah. Masks on? <laughs> well, I'd probably... Gloves for sure. Masks. Mask out, I would advise, before we open out the body cupboard. I'm, I'm going to mask up mask. just before we open the door. I honestly think that that's a good idea. So Rowan will do the same thing. Oh, I thought we were talking about like ski masks, but yeah, both. I am much more concerned about fungal spores at this point. Fungal spore mask on. Opening up the back door, Agent Rory, you pull it open. Uh, inside, the interior hallway is dark. Uh, there are no interior lights, security lights, whatnot on. It's a dark hallway. It has that hospital flooring with the linoleum tiles or whatnot. It's typical office-looking walls. There's a couple of gurneys just to your left in the hallway. They've left some some body bags on top of these two gurneys sitting there. Uh, as far as you can tell from the light outside, it looks like they might be un- unoccupied, but it's just too dark to tell if there's anything in those bags. They just look kind of small. Uh, that's all you can see at this point. He would pull out a flashlight and look around. Yeah, uh, R- Rowan, Rowan has her tack light. Okay. Rowan's got her tack light up. Uh, Rory's got his flashlight out. And the other two, are you guys lighted up or are you going to just use their lights? Um, use their light for now. Yeah, I, I realized I didn't mention bringing a flashlight, but I've got a flashlight iPad on my phone. <laughs> the phone's got one too. Yeah. I'm going to let them use... Actually, I've got uh, one on my pistol. Of course you do. Of course. It's it's the under underhang, right? It's right underneath the barrel. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, no, the side the side barrel one. That's on. Oh. That's on the rifle. Got it. So the flashlights search about. The first thing you notice, of course, there's two hospital gurneys, or in this case, coroner gurneys, to the left side of the hallway. Uh, they both have body bags, which, as you shine your lights on them, have been unzipped. So these are empty body bags. As you look at them, they appear to have been there's there's still a little bit of, of a reflective sheen coming from the inside of the bag which indicates a liquid of some sort is still pooling inside those bags. They haven't been cleaned yet. Ew. So those are waiting in the hallway for who knows what and who I knows I would have hoped they would, like, incinerate them, not, not reuse them. Yeah, let's hope. We're going to want one of the gurneys at the least. Yeah. I agree. Says the guy who's otherwise going to be throwing the body over his shoulder. We are going to keep these things as, this thing as far away from our faces as we can physically manage. I've looked through the records before. I want to go see if I can find like a list of what bodies are 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 present and where they are. If River's doing that, we would probably ask him. When you were looking here before, did you happen to notice if there was any other deaths recently, any at all related, or was this the only one? Was Dr. Detective Jacobs? I hadn't checked for that, but I I will do that. All right. So, as a first location, the office, or are you going into the uh, the storage area first? Um, I, I'm guessing that would be in the office. Right. Heading down the hallway, um, you pass the, the storage, the freezer room, and the, the examination theater, past the laboratories, um, the file rooms and whatnot, and duck into the office that, that River has been to before, and the other, this, other two recognize as well. So you take a few moments with your flashlights to look through some documents to kind of review it and see. So you're looking for other deliveries, right? There have been a few, but you don't notice anything suspicious about them. A, car, a couple car accidents, a shooting accident, uh, someone who indicates uh, possible old age, but it's undetermined. But, you know, an, um, an elderly victim, but that doesn't seem to ring a bell for you at all. As we're doing this, I mean, the standard, every time we walk into a room, checking corners, the whole deal. Right, Rooster's on high alert. And is that, oh yeah, you're ready to go. I'll give it. I'll give it, if anything surprises you. I'll, I'll let you surprise it first, perhaps. Okay. 
So the office visit is complete. Uh, you guys checked your records. You have a sense in the freezer. There's the freezers are full. Okay. Is is there like an inventory of of who's where? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's indicator which freezer which body's in. There's also an indication that there's there's basically more deliveries than capacity. There's a backlog at this point because our corner's been missing for several days. So oh. um, sure. That makes sense. So uh, you know where to go. I mean, Sarah didn't do it all on her own. But <laughs> are there any are there any John Doe's listed? Let me see. Mm. There are no John Doe's listed. Everyone seems to be identified to some degree. So no McCaslins. And no McCaslins either. Yeah. Okay. All right. So leaving the office. What about Gaunt's or anything close to that? So going over the list of names, um, you just double check with any names that you guys remember from your investigation. And I've seen no other names on this list that you recognize. Okay. The group backs up, back down the hallway, towards either, is it the operating room or the storage room you're going into? Wherever they say that the uh, deputy's body is. Yeah, Fred Jacobs is in Freezer 17, which is what it indicates. Did we decide if it's Jacob or Jacobs? It is Jacob, technically. It's Jacob. Jacob. I keep saying Jacobs, though. (laughs) No, it's okay. I just want to know which way to write it down. Opening up um, the storage room. Uh, it's it's basically a refrigerated room, and there are there's a whole bank of, or wall of, of freezer doors. But of course, those keep the room itself cold. In the process of the day, there's only one door into this room, which is the door you're using. Uh, the floor is all tile floor, tile walls. The ceiling's got a lot of darker stains and, and spots on it that have developed over the years. There's there are some lights; they're all off. All the fluorescents are turned off at this point. Just peeking in this room using your flashlights, you see there are several gurneys in here, which have body bags, which are closed. and just staying in this cold, cold room until whenever. So there's about four other gurneys with bodies on them. Would be able to search around and try to find an empty, clean one before we... Well, uh, at the moment, everyone you see, the four you see in front of you, appear to be occupied. But there's nothing. Can we, like, search around the be able to look around the office. Yeah, shining your light around this room, this particular room has no empty body bags in this room. And the ones that we found in the hall were empty but had been used. That may be what we need to resort to. Is there anything anywhere else in the other rooms that might have a clean body bag? Uh, If you want to go look around the place here, you're welcome to. I think I'm, yeah. Can I do a search roll or something? Yeah, give me a search roll. Okay. Uh, That is a fail. Oh, that is a critical fail. Oh. Yeah, um, Crud. unfortunately, you do find the storage cabinet, uh, near, which is one of the back back rooms, which is near where the entrance is you came through. And you look, and it, it is currently empty. All the bags are in use. They haven't grabbed any spare ones lately. So just shining your light in there, you see it's empty. Uh, you have to make do with what you've got. Yuck. Like I said, I'm more used to the fresher kind of body. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll go to the drawer that... Uh... 17 or whatever it was, and, and open okay. it up. and All right. it's, a, it's a simple latch. You latch and pull it out kind of situation. The moment you open it, it's illuminated from the inside, oddly enough. As in? As you pull like the door there's open, a... there's the room you're in has no, all the fluorescents are off. So you're relying upon the flashlight of Agent Rowan and Agent Rory. And River, you pull it, and there's a light inside this. And just as you open the door, there's a, something is illuminating the inside. Of the storage unit. Does it look like a fluorescent or some, or is this some kind of weird alien? Is it abnormal that that would happen? Or uh, yeah, I'll put or this way, Rory. Um, they don't usually keep lights inside these storage units. That's that's not the usual process. Oh boy. 
So uh, I'm assuming, River, you paused when that, you saw that light. Is that a fair assumption? I, I think so. Okay. So, I mean, what you see in front of you are the feet of a, of a man, toe tag and whatnot, and a little bit of the leg, and there's a little bit of a light, a bluish-green light coming from the inside of this, uh, this freezer drawer, but you don't see where it's coming from. You just see that illumination. It catches you in the darkness of the storage room. Uh, doesn't uranium and shit supposed to glow? Isn't that a heavy metal? It's not one of the heavy metals that was reported, and there's lots of things that glow. Oh, okay. Are there some fungal things that glow? I mean, if you can add bioluminescence to things, it's not normally found on fungus, but there are, like, stuff in the ocean that has glows that people have, like, added to, like, genetic engineering, but to find it here is a little disconcerting. Well, I think they're like some of the things that live at the bottom of the ocean and have, have their own natural lighting, you know, in the benthic zone. Yeah. And Rory would have brought in, probably tried to bring in one of the gurneys with the old body bags if he couldn't find anything. It's got a smell to it. As you move it, there's a, sm- there's a little bit of liquid sloshing in the bottom of this body bag that shifts around and, and brings up this lovely putrid Wonderful. odor from the inside of the bag. As long, as long as it's putrid and not fungal, I'm a little more, I'm weirdly a little more comfortable with that. It's got that liquid rot smell that, uh, unfortunately, Rory, you've smelled that smell before. It's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to close up the drawer again and say, well, I guess I was kind of hoping that they, it would already be in a bag, but... Uh, Is it a smell like just a dead body smell or something like a normal, like is it... I guess I mean, how am I familiar with it's it? It's in a freezer. It shouldn't smell much at all. Well, the bag that Rory got from the hallway uh, right. has that 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 human rot smell, a little that yeah. liquidy, nasty, rotty smell. But uh, it doesn't have the earthy fungal smell for what it's worth. That's it's not that so hygienic at all. Yay! I will. I will take that. I, I'm honestly more okay with human rot than fungus at the moment. <laughs> all right. We um, need to. We need more protection than just masks and gloves for if we're going to be handling this body. Is the body on a sheet or something? Can we just pick up the sheet and move it like you were on a hospital bed? You, you or don't is know it just yet. the body on a slab? River opened it a tiny bit, looked inside and closed oh, it. Oh, okay. So people who, who, who know more about medical things than I do, do the shelves lift out? Is it like a way to, 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 to like lift it off? Because you would need to transport the body to and from like the autopsy table. It doesn't. You put some gloves on and you lift that buddy onto the surface. So probably finding a sheet, a blanket, something that we can throw over the body to have a protection between us and it. Not a bad idea. What we are going to be set to do is open up the drawer all the way, probably get at least three of us and not all four of us to do it quickly, move it from one, get the gurney next to it, pull it onto the gurney. Or like into the body bag, hopefully in one fell movement, zip it up and wheel it out of here. Yeah. For the record, I've got a bad feeling about this. You and me both, Solo. So what's well, what's the I mean, next I'm, step? I'm I'm hoping this place has like scrubs or or you know whatever PPE they have here. And I mean, even even just like the the apron that someone would wear to do the autopsy. Yeah, they would have. I'm assuming they would have, have gowns between us and, and Yeah. So as, the, as Rory mentioned, face Rory's got it right. It's basically a gown they put on through the front, and you kind of attach it behind. It's a simple gown. And then they have gloves, and they have a simple facial cover, which is not different than what you guys are using. There's not a lot. There's no PPE. 
There's no spacesuits, mind you. This is just stuff to keep the gunk off of the person doing the procedure. This is prevent contact, physical contact. But that's about it. I'm going to burn these clothes when we're done. All right. All right. So how do you set this up? Which of us are going to be handling this body? I think all of us have to be to, to get it in as smoothly as possible. It's going to be two on each side, I think. Two, two of us pulling, kinda... two of us pushing. Yep. Or okay. li- all lifting and then... Yeah. yeah. The two of us are reaching across, pulling towards us, two people pulling in. Who's the tallest of us, I guess, is the real question. Because whoever's tallest would need to be on the other side of the gurney to help like lift. Did I write that down? I don't know if I decided that. <laughs> Now's the time. I always know exactly oh, how I did tall write characters down. I was, are. I did write down how tall I was. I'm 5'10". Where would that be? There's a physical description box, which is where I wrote it, but below uh, oh, your... Oh, yeah, that's that's blank. Uh, <laughs> roosters. I could, see, I, I could see him being about six foot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He's, I think I said a... in episode zero, but I don't remember what it was. And and that, that was not recorded, so I can't tell <laughs> nope. you. Yeah, I'm going to say about six foot. My big dude. And, and River is yeah. how big? River is you're not not real big, but at least average. So we go the same Which size is. as Rory? Or, um, or Rory? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, so for our purposes, okay. we're going to say that Rory and, River, and Rooster are the two largest of the group. Yeah, because Rowan, Rowan's tall for a woman, but she's 5'8". So. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to put the gowns on. We're going to... There's two gowns. The, oh, two. great. Of course there is. I think the two pulling. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the two who have the highest chance of it coming towards them. Okay. And so we're going to get get this body into into the body bag. We might even we might even want to put the first body bag into a second body bag. Double bag it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to take off the gowns and we're going to wash the hell out of everything. Oh no, I'm burning most of this shit. We don't seconded. Well, we don't have time to burn it before we leave though. We, we're, but we're going to wash right away before I mean, we, we do anything else. Burn uh, never mind. How the, the the drawer that the body is in is it like chest tight is it taller is it short like shorter i'm gonna find out right now we're gonna have there's three levels i'm gonna give you three levels we got the, the low level uh which goes opens about your waist high uh one that's chest high and one that's actually no the third one would be shoulder high so shoulder high kind of more waist high the other one is like foot level so this is shoulder height it opens up kind of kind of up there so uh, when it opens up to some view it's eye level and a couple of you it's just below eye level I mean, or we can like put the lay the body bag over it and kind of roll it in. That would require us turning it upside down, though, right? With all the stuff that all has those in the lovely bottom. juices in there. I mean, I imagine there's a hose somewhere in the operating theater, but I hate this whole situation. Damn it! It's a lot easier Seconded. shooting things than it is dealing with it afterwards. Correct. Yes, the afterwards is usually my job, just not this part of it. All right. Well, we need to find something to stand on so it's a little more comfortable. Lifting up. We can get the gurney up as high as it'll go. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think the gurney will go up to shoulder height, but we can get it close. Yeah, it as goes close as we can get it. Height. As high as you can get it. Waist height. Okay. So it may be <laughs> a foot or two between. Basically. Yeah. Basically, yes. Foot, foot and a half. A little drop. No big deal. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. So whichever two people are going to be on next to the body bag. Then the splash zone. Yeah. They need to be wearing the gla- the gowns. 
the gowns and the and the face shield. Like if there if there's the, the, the like plexiglass thing, that too. Yeah, there actually are two of those. The little the face shield you kind of push it down in case you know you're doing some sawing maybe or other other interesting activities. But there's, there's a lot of spray. The face shield is very very helpful. At this point, I, I'm, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find somewhere to put my flashlight so that it's shining at the the freezer, so we don't have to turn on the overhead lights. Would it? Oh, I don't even want to say this part. Say it. Would it be easier to cut it up? It'd be a hell of a lot more dangerous. That okay? It's gonna be a lot more spraying of whatever's on there. And the uh, coroner caught it from doing the autopsy. I don't like that. Those odds. Okay. All right, I think, sure. we just gotta, I think we just got to do this. We find, like, is there something, like, pretty sturdy that we can kind of push over to get on stand on so it's a little bit more comfortable? Because otherwise we're going to be kind of pushing. It's going to be really hard to, like, push a, a, a full-grown adult. I rolled yeah. a 100. Can we roll a 100 luck? on that? Damn it. So, um, yeah, in this room, the, there is there is nothing. There is absolutely no furniture. There, are there are the, Actually, there's a gurney, though. There are some spare oh. gurneys. I've said that before, so you have the spare gurneys. And your current gurney, there's no chairs, there's no benches, there's no stools, there's no I mean, nothing. If, if we take one of the full body bags off of the gurney and we roll it over and we lock it, it won't be the most secure, but the wheels at least will be locked and so it won't roll out from under us. Yeah, we could even have one person holding the gurney and one person pushing it off. We might maybe only need one person pushing one and person one pushing. pulling. Or one pushing and two pulling, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I think, you know, two people on the end that's like, Next to the wall, the and then one just just holding the feet is probably going to do it because he'll be at the end. The people getting the shoulders are gonna. One of them is gonna have to reach over. Let's figure this out. Let's do this. Right. So yeah, I'll 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 with with uh, Rory's help, I think I'll get one of the the body the full body bags off of one of the gurneys and roll it over. And I mean, Tiana the player knows how to handle gurney locks, but I'm sure Rowan hasn't seen these before, so she has to. Rory, with it Rory probably able to. Rory would know. The I body bag is about 200 that. pounds. Uh, an awkward trip. It does take two of you to, to slide it over. Yeah. You got to basically stack it on another body on the adjacent gurney. And it's, it settles a little bit and rocks a little bit in a weird, uneasy stance before it just sits there, kind of askew, laying across the other body bag. You bring it over, find the wheel lock, click each of those into place. So I imagine the two of you are standing on a gurney, which is the wheels. Lock. Well, Rory would get on it first and see how stable it seems. Let's see. <laughs> what a gentleman. It's not moving, but it, it rocks a little bit with your weight. So you can okay. shift it with just moving your weight from side to side. All right. It's got a little give to it. Rooster, I think some you or someone should hold this or someone hold it. Someone up here push, kind of lifting and push, lifting up and over and the other two. I should be able to hold it. I would like Rooster to be... Rooster, I think, is the strongest of us, and having him on the catching end is is better for us. If I had to quantify it, that would be a 75. Yeah, if I had to quantify mine, 50. First strength, <laughs> minus 70. Yeah. Good I'm, lord. I am also 50. So, so the military. I mean, These are the two military the two, characters. Yeah. The, the two military characters versus the two pencil pushers. This makes sense. <laughs> Uh, everyone gets in place. You position. Yeah, everyone. so I'll, I'll I'll like help hold the the, the, the gurney in place. Rory, that Rory would be is yeah on. standing on the gurney because right. he's the only one on that side, lifting and pushing. Right. And I guess Brewster and maybe River the step on the other one. side. Everyone's in position. Step one. River opens the drawer. Correct. River, you gonna pull that drawer open for us? 
Oh, God. Right. So Can Rick, I have my gun out during this part? You want your gun out or you want your hands free? Which one is... I'll put... I want the... If you're just opening the drawer, I want the gun out. There you go. You can always put it away when you need to. Exactly. Yeah. And I have a flashlight light like opposite it, shining at the, the, the freezer so that we can see what we're doing. Shining, so the, it starts to pull. River just um, turns the handle, begins to pull it out slowly. Flashlight shines in. And the rest of you see this as well. There's a slight illumination, a bluish green illumination coming from the inside of the storage freezer. Uh, you see the, the feet, the toe tag, the legs. A naked man's body is being wheeled out on a slab. It's a metal slab inside of a freezer. And there's no there's no blanket, there's no bed, there's no anything. It's just a straight slab with a human body on it. As it rolls out, the chest area has been, the autopsy procedure, of course, cuts the chest open pretty severely. They weakly stitch it together, but it's nothing outrageous because um, between those stitches and the gaps of the skin and the fat, there is a that illumination is coming from the inside of this cadaver. Between each of the steps, there's a slight blue-green illumination coming from the stomach, the middle of the chest where the ribs have been broken open, up where the heart cavity, there's a wide incision going to each shoulders, which has been loosely stitched, but it's just letting the light through. As you wheel it all the way open, it stops in front of you. Um, you see that you can't see the face very well. Uh, its head is looking away from you. The arms look weak, the whole body looks emaciated, uh, but the chest is has a slight glow to it, and the, uh, it's, the chest itself also looks a little more robust uh, or full than what you would normally expect from a body that's been uh, dissected and examined. Hey, Rowan, I have a new idea. Let's hear it. Can we just burn this place down? Tempting. Be very difficult. No. I apologize, guys. Last week I forgot to do this. Uh, roll for sanity. Oh, okay. For what? <laughs> sanity roll. roll. For, oh, just for this now. Got yes, it. Just for this. I yeah, I failed that. So where's my sanity? So um, Ooh, for Rory. Nine. So Rowan, it's you lose one sanity for seeing this. Rory, it's two. River, what did you? How'd you do? I failed. So for River, it's three sanity. And then for Rooster, how'd you do? 51 out of 50. Can I push it? Um, <laughs> or spend you, luck or something? No spending luck in pushing. But what you can do, what you can do is instead of taking the loss as given, you can focus on your bonds or kind of push it off on your bonds and have basically them take the hit instead of you. So for a failure, it would be three for Rooster. So if Rooster or River... So my failure was Rory, just a two, though? Yeah, Rory's is two loss. The others are okay. three. Um, uh, Rowan was successful. So the one loss can't be, you can't really slough that off. So if I go to my breaking point, I'm at 54 and my breaking point is 52. If I, that would bring me to 52. Make that- a note of that and we will have to, we will, this particular moment will have an impact on your character between sessions and we'll discuss that. Great. What he's, what he's oh, seeing love that. affects him more so than the others based on love some that things that he's me. been through. I'm getting really close to my breaking point. I'm not happy but, about uh, this. So you, to, so you have to hit your breaking point or pass your breaking point? Hit or pass, let me know. That's that. Once you've hit it or pass, okay. it is done. So, I, could, so uh, I do hit it. You could use your bonds. If you wanted to use your bonds to avoid having that happen to you, let me know. And we'll have you spend some willpower and we'll, we'll deal with that as well. Or we'll just yeah, that. I might do that. Yeah. Do I get to pick which bond? You do pick which bond. Okay. Which relationship is being traumatized by this incident? Okay, and that would be figured out out of, like between sessions, I guess. So you let me know right now. Okay, 
Yeah, I think I would do that. Uh, I guess his his brother. As long as it's not Chase. That's not one of the bonds. That's one of the motivations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing. Right, and uh, River, what about you? Oh, I think I'm gonna hold off on it for All now. Right, good. So River takes the hit for Rooster. Roll a D4. And also Rory as well. Uh, Can I take part of it off of a bond? No, no, it's either all or nothing. But it's a, it's a, okay. only a D4 loss. We're only lo- talking about a D4 of a cushion, so it may not be a full. All right, so Rory. I got a one. Uh, yeah, mechanically, here's what happens with Rory. Uh, you One of your bonds that you focus on loses one point in the bond. You lose one willpower point, and you soften the blow by one is the ultimate effect of this. So my current willpower goes down by one, right? And then my sanity, instead of losing two, I lose just one, right? And okay. when, so now I'm at fifty-three. Is he still one away from the breaking point? But what, mark a bond of which that has been somewhat damaged. So just lower control. the score on the bond. Yeah, by one. Okay. Rooster, how about you? Um, I rolled a one. All right, so you got the same thing. If, if you want, it, it's been done. So one of your bonds is damaged by one. One willpower point is gone, and you lose one less sanity than the three you would have normally lost. Got it. And so Rory has not hit his breaking point yet? Not yet. All right, we're close, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like one away now. Fuck. All right, so um, what do you want to do with this body at this moment? As everyone is kind of caught off guard by the strange nature of something is going on inside this corpse. We are not opening that thing up. I still say burn it. We have to get it to the green box. Delta Green needs this. Was there any kind of rug or anywhere anywhere in the building, like at the the lobby? <laughs> Let's see, um, I rolled a twenty. Uh, there is a a rug, like a for for mud and other things. There's a there's a the rug at the beginning, you know. So they've got that in the lobby for cleaning your shoes and whatnot. Yeah, that'll do. Help it better better than nothing. Do you want me to go get that? Yeah, Ron, why don't you grab that? Maybe we can. Put it under the heavy, like the torso, just to make that a little bit easier to manage. Yeah. So uh, Ro- Rowan will will step out, relieved to have a second away from all of this. <laughs> um, the rest of you notice the light change slightly. Like the hue changes a little bit from like a, a greenish blue to more of a, like a darker blue. When Rowan leaves, it just just kind of flickers for some reason. So Rowan, you find that rug at the lot. You roll it up, gather it carry it right back into the storage room now that the three are gathered around the open freezer. I am not gathered around it. I'm standing well back. (laughs) (laughs) They've they've all shuffled away from the corpse. Yeah, I've put my gun away at this point and I'm just sort of like fidgeting, not really sure what I want to have in my hand. Rory's still Except not the body. (laughs) So Um, Rory, do you want to examine it some more? Rory, it's right, right there in front of you. Um, he would probably just focus on getting it in the bag as quickly as possible. So how big is how big is the rug? Like how long? Uh, we're going to say it's going to be about, uh, we'll say it's four by six. Yeah, decent, but not, not perfect. Okay, so can someone get up here and help me kind of lift, put this under the body so it's a little yeah, bit easier to lift? Then we can lift up the rug instead of lifting up. Obviously, I'll touch the body at this moment, but... As as far as weight goes, Rooster, it might be better if you hold the gurney and I get up there. Alright. I'm not thrilled about it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm lighter than if you that's are. What you, if that's what you want to do. So Agent Rowan, describe to me how you want to handle this rug and this body. Alright, so... I mean, Rory 
has has a has a great deal of medical experience. Yeah. Well, so if he was he already, know, if he's already and, up and, there, and I, yeah. Well, and and I and I know as well. Like you would you would uh, roll the body a little bit onto its side and slide the the edge of the rug under it, and then roll it back and then scoot it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah. It's not elegant, but that's how CNAs move things around. Yeah, between the two of us, you could probably do that. Sounds good. Yeah, give me a luck roll, Agent Rowan. Me? Yeah. Oh, boy. Ought eight. Okay, good, good. All right, and... I like my metal dice. <laughs> oh, hey, I was holding my breath during that. So the, the body is... <laughs> it's shifted over on its side. The rug comes in. You guys roll it back. Uh, don't do a lot of scooching around at this thing. Looking at the stitches, uh, there's a little bit of a coloration. There's a little bit of fluid. It's kind of oozed out of some of the open stitches on, on the, the, the chest and the, the abdomen of this cadaver. So you see that little, little something is pooling. Some little bits of droplets along the edges there. And you, you can grab, grab the rug. What's the next step? Well, once, once we have the end sticking out on either side, it'll be easier to move the torso, which is the majority of a human body's weight. So at this point, I'll I'll hop back down off of the gurney so that Rooster can go over and like help catch it, and I'll help like guide guide the feet. Yeah. Rooster, what's your strength? Seventy-five. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, you don't have to roll. So you guys, you with the help of Agent Rory, and he's strong as well. And you guys, this is a, not a difficult task for the two of you to do. The, the weight is fine. So you guys slide it over, set it down inside of that dirty body bag, on top. So we got body bag, rug, corpse. And the rug is sticking out of the body bag on both sides. If I don't think it'll That's close. That's fine. We could just we could just like fold it up on top because I was able to roll it, so it so it's it's flexible enough to to, bolt, to, fend, to fold it. I think you're taking. Yes, the I'm, we're not pulling it out. We're not putting it back. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna leave it. That when Sarah comes back tomorrow, she's gonna find a missing rug, or no, a dirty rug and a missing body. Honestly, I don't think she's going to go digging around in the freezers. I don't think she will notice that the body's gone. And if we put the, the doubled up body back on the gurney, she if she looks back here, nothing's different. And all's well. Yeah, this rug is going to be, unless we can clean it, I think this rug is gone. I, I would like to burn the rug. This rug is gone. <laughs> yeah, can we at least burn something? <laughs> in due time. I mean, I fully intend to, to burn clothing that I am wearing, but we have we have the thing inside and I'll like fold the, the rug and hold it so that they can zip it up close. Give me a dex roll there, Rowan. Oh, goodness. Oh, op three. That's it. Wow. Good job. Yeah, tucks, tucks one side, tucks the like other I side. Like I said, my metal dice are amazing. Uh, and then um, with it's not difficult to zip this thing up. That's what it's built for. You guys slowly, carefully zip it all the way up and zip it closed. You now have it on a gurney in a body bag. All right. To the car. I do kind of want to b- double bag this thing. Do you want to? It shouldn't be too difficult to like lift a body bag, then scoot it into another body bag. It will be a little disgusting, but not too bad. Yeah, the other one is not in a great condition either. It's a little bit juicy in the the bottom of it. But uh, at this point... Nice and juicy. Uh, for security reasons, you guys just drop one end in, the feet end perhaps, tuck it in, and she kind of force it a little bit on the, on the top end so it fits inside the other body bag. It's not a perfect fit, but it's kind of a little bit baggy in the middle because there's a lot of extra rug in there. And you you zip the second one up. So you now have double bagged this thing and also wrapped it in a rug. So what's next? 
Yeah, as as soon as, soon as that's done, I'm going to strip off of what was used to, to handle the body and go in and find a sink and wash my hands very, very thoroughly. Yeah. There's, a, yeah. there's a nice big industrial-sized sink in the lab, which is just around the corner, which, which River was using. Earlier. Like, roll roll my roll my sleeves up to, up to the elbow and scrub all the way up to the elbow like I'm going into fucking surgery or something. And Rory will tell them exactly how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> After we do that, I'm going to suggest... Rowan, go up in the back of the van, please. Rory will toss the keys to Rowan. Thank you. Catch them. And, and step outside. And as she steps outside, she puts her glasses back on. In the, in the, the night sky, the glasses come back on. Yep. It's a quiet, dark, cool uh, Montana night. The high, high, high sky, no clouds, no sounds, no cars, no traffic, no animals, no birds. It's silent and uh, clear. No change in the parking lot. Yeah. Hold on. When you say, yeah, that's the second time you've said that, is this, like, there's still the normal little sounds, like you can hear someone's TV, or or is it, like, abnormally silent? I'll say it's the peaceful level of silent. So we're not, we haven't approached okay. abnormally yet. It's that peaceful, quiet, serene sort of sort of quiet. Okay. The van doors are opened. And the uh, the rest of the crew, yeah, I'll it go, go out. They wheel it out. You guys bring it to the back. Here we go. Uh, these these uh, gurneys are designed to load and unload from these vans. They, uh, the legs collapse, right? So you, you push it in, shove it all the way back in there. Are you taking the gurney with you? I don't want or, to take uh, the gurney. Sit, bring it back in. All right. So take the bag uh, off. If we don't take the gurney, then we should take the gurney because we can leave it in the van and it'll look normal. But if we don't take the gurney, we're going to have to lift this thing. Yeah, yeah I'd rather have a nice, easy way to let's get let's it out. And by this thing, I mean him, I should say. No, it's glowing. It, this thing. So here's... Well, and also, he's, he, he's, he, he's, he's not there anymore. Whatever made him him isn't there anymore. Is that the second one that you've broken tonight? Yes. That is the second <laughs> pencil I have broken with one hand tonight. <laughs> Excellent. That's why I twirl pens. They're harder to break. No, if I twirl pens, there will be ink everywhere. So here's my question: Are you taking two vehicles or, or just the well? Van? Only only the van is here, but but we should pick up the. Uh, I think we should pick up the Range Rover. Good. Yeah. All right. So Put here's two your, in each car. The the van is two seats, so two people just two take seats, the van, yeah. and the other two of us will walk back to the Range Rover. Yeah. So who's in the van? I'll drive. The, I'll drive the Range Rover because I have the coordinates for the GPS and I can lead the way. And Rooster, Rowan's driving. Rowan's driving. Is Rooster driving the van or is Rory driving the van? That's what I was going to say. It. It's no. I'm going to drive the Range Rover because I'm not staying in the van. Rory will drive the van then. We might. We might. We might need you in the van. Is the thing. Uh, okay. I'll take. I guess I'll take. If Rooster's staying, and I would, then I would let him drive. If he was going to be in the van with me, then I would love to I suggest we split up the military men, if we're doing two and two. Oh, all right. I'll get in the van with Rooster. <laughs> right. There we go. I, I I will absolutely pull rank to not have to be in that van. <laughs> so we, good Rory's in the car with Rowan? Yes, yeah, so we I guess walk back. Okay, okay. So they, they walk back. The van meets you guys where the Range Rover is. Rowan's got the coordinates, so she's the lead vehicle. Uh, they follow. So in the, it's now 11.30 p.m. And you guys are driving to the green box in the middle of the night. You're basically heading out into the countryside in a, in a south, southeastern direction following GPS and no, coordinates. No no one following us? No, you, no one follows you. It's 
and you guys keep a sharp eye out and see how there's very little traffic on the streets. You're on the main freeway for a little while mm. before exiting. But question. Um, I, I, I would say that as soon as I get get into the Range Rover, I'm, I'm going to call Castle and tell him we're on our way. Okay, good. So you, you leave a message with Castle. He doesn't actually answer the cell phone at this time of night for whatever reason. But you get a voicemail and you leave him a message. The, the trip is rather uneventful, but you're basically leaving Helena and going out into the countryside. And you're passing we're taking s- small neighborhoods. 15. Probably 15. For, then eventually you leave 15 and head off some smaller roads, some small two-lane roads, and heading out into the countryside, the forest. You pass some farms, some ranches. It gets to be less and less populated until eventually your GPS tells you to take a road, an unmarked road, off this small numbered county road that you've been on the whole time. And you head on a dirt road and drive down and you can see to the one side of you there's a farmhouse in the distance grain silo and whatnot a low slung kind of ranch style farmhouse all the lights are off and then there's a lot of open field and then there's some small hills deep in the background and this dirt road takes you along the edge of a property past the farm past the area where the cattle would be towards these these hills now there's a small area like a little copse of trees that you eventually stop in, and the GPS indicates that you're nearby the location. So your headlights illuminate a whole bunch of trees, a copse of trees. You see all the different small, they're small, thin trees with kind of a weak canopy. It just you illuminate this all these different trunks of trees in front of you. Uh, you don't see a building, you don't see a storage unit like you've seen before. Uh, you don't see much of anything, but GPS tells you somewhere in front of you uh, the coordinates for the green box. It looks like maybe within uh, maybe within 50 yards of where your car is stopped. Please tell me we don't see a septic tank catch. Not yet, but who knows? Fucking yet. Dude. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll park the vehicle so there's enough room next to me for for Rooster to park and I'll leave I'll I'll leave I'll leave the headlights on so I so I can see what the I'm doing. The headlights pick up all the dust from your tires. So there's a, there's like this constant stream of dust illuminated by the headlights. Kind of like like a, it looks like a like a fog drifting in front of your vehicles as it heads towards this 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 copse of thin trees, kind of emaciated, weak-looking trees, and all you see is this copse of trees in front of you. In the distance, maybe some some weak or some low hills. I want to scout it out. I want to grab my rifle out of the Range Rover and scout the trees stealthily. Okay, um, looking over the trees carefully, is your light on or is it off? the rifle my rifle light is off if the headlights are on headlights are on okay so looking through the trees carefully i'm not gonna make you roll you just do a slow pan of the environment the whole 180 degrees and also around you you see no shapes or, or any indication of any people there it looks clear i'll call it back clear all right, and as soon as I get the clear, I'm going to come forward with my tack light and just like looking at the ground and like occasionally trying the ground with my foot to see if there's a trap door or something. Give me a search roll, Rowan. 23. There's some footprints here in the dirt and the dust. They look pretty recent. They're heading forward. I'll, I'll, I'll follow those, telling, telling the guys, I think I found something. Wait, let me take point. Rooster's on point. Rowan's right behind, watching the footprints light down. The other two come in behind. I'm assuming you guys have your service weapons ready just in case as you moved into this uh, this kind of dark. Oh yeah, I, I didn't mention, but I have I have like, like the standard uh, flashlight in the left hand and the gun in my right hand pointing straight ahead. Yeah, and if we're going into the trees further, I'm going to turn on the light. Turn it on. It's um, those leaves crackle beneath your feet. 
Uh, there's a lot of uh, old grass and light debris and branches that you step around and over and through as you move through the small, kind of sparse copse of trees. And every now and then, Rowan, you pick up the signs of footprints uh, heading in the direction you're heading. You're following these footprints. It takes about 45 yards in from the vehicles to where you see the footprint stop and you pick something up, Rowan. In the ground, there's an area where the leaves have been cleared away. There's a metal door in the ground, set into the ground. You see this concrete and a metal door. And there's a padlock uh, next to this metal door. Uh, give me another, um, is it awareness or alertness? I always forget. Alertness. Give, give me an alertness roll as well. Just Rowan? Just Rowan. Hot four. The, the lock on this door, it's a padlock. It looks damaged. It looks scarred. And just to the side, you see a rock, which has a bunch of chips out of it, sitting just within 12 inches of where the door is. Yeah, I'll come over and end up knelt next to it and I'll, like pick up the rock and turn it over and over. You see there's fresh scarring marks on the rock, which look like it's been hitting something metal. And the padlock is beat to hell. Still functioning, but beat to hell. Someone's been trying to get into the green box. This is not a secure location anymore. Someone knows about this. I'll like shine flashlight around, see if there's anyone still around. Uh, you see no one around you. Just the trees, just the thin silhouettes of these these skinny, weak trees. This large cops around you, all spaced out. A darkness in all directions, except for the trunks and, and the thin foliage above. I want to turn off my light and slowly move into the trees so that I can be maybe 10 yards away and being able to be out of the light and sort of keep overwatch, more or less. Got it. So what are the rest of what you want to do with this door? Well, I'll, 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 put, the, I'll put the rock down and pick up the padlock and just look at it and test it a couple of times to see if it's locked. It is locked. It's a simple padlock that uses a key to turn open. Uh, you don't have the key, and it is still locked. I do locked. not. God damn it, Castle. Wait, we didn't get a key. we didn't get a key for this? We didn't get a key. Castle didn't pick up, did he? No, he didn't. I left a message. I've got a bad feeling about this. Getting worse. And let me guess. Yeah. Just leaving the body sitting here isn't gonna be good enough. That's not Hold on, you're like ten yards away. I came back because <laughs> You came back? <laughs> Because I forgot. Because I forgot I was 10 yards away. <laughs> we start talking and Rush is like, dang it, I can't hear them. So he comes closer. <laughs> yeah. I, I scouted. I, I did a circle. I scouted. And then I came back. I don't like this. And I'll, I'll pull out the burner phone that Castle gave me and hit one and call again. It picks up. Uh, yeah. Um, um, sorry. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm awake. What, what's going on? It's It's Rowan. The green box has been compromised. What 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 does that mean? What do you, what does that mean? That means that I assuming you're not out here. Someone has tried to break the lock open. Were they successful? They were not successful. Okay. Um. God damn! I didn't give you. I didn't give you a key, did you? Okay. Listen. Um. There should be. Um. I know this sounds stupid. We've got one of those fake rocks somewhere around here with the key in it. I, I just just check the perimeter. It shouldn't be more than five yards away. Just look for some. It's a rock, granite rock or something. And they'll open up in the bottom and find a key there. And we need to secure this location. Exactly. I'll, I'll tip the phone down and tell uh, either Rory or River, whoever wants to do it, about, about the fake rock. Find that for me. Then I will it back search up. for the rock. Can search. 
All right, so I'm going to have Rory and Rivers roll for me. Who's ever is the highest without going over? We'll locate it first. I got it. I did. I failed. Ah, River? I also failed. They're still looking. All right, they'll keep looking for a while. <laughs> they're, they're digging around. It's dark. <laughs> cool. Should, should I go help them? Yeah, go give, a, give it Probably. a roll while, while she's talking. So Castle's on the phone still. You still, mm-hmm. you still got him. Yeah. Nice. He found it. We we were able to to retrieve our buddy from his from his party, uh, and there were some uh, rave lights involved. I, I don't know what that means. Is that some kind of code? I, I don't know what that means. He's glowing. What do you mean he's glowing? What does that mean? I mean he's glowing. Oh, okay. He's secure. He's secure, right? Well, he's with us. And the and the location's been compromised. Probably. Someone was using a rock to try to break the padlock. They weren't successful, and I don't and I don't see them. But someone knows that this box is here. Listen, I've, I've got a, I got a pickup. I can get there, but the pickup will not be there for, for at least twenty four hours, and I don't think that's sufficient time. I don't think we can secure this unless you want to sit on this for twenty four hours. You've got an investigation. I to do. really, really do not. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. All right. Plan B is this: get in the green box. Uh, find something and get rid of that body. We can't, I can't, I can't store it there. So we just get, just get rid of that body. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, agent. I'd like to know what's going on here, but I don't think we can risk this. So you need me to get into the green box and destroy the body? There's, yes, there's, you've got tools in this location to deal with this problem. Got it. And then when that's done, um, I'm going to make sure to, I'll deal with the box security tomorrow. I'll take care of that tomorrow. All right. Well, for what it's worth, we might have other people to look at relatively soon. That's that's not good news. Not particularly, but... But at the moment, right? Do we have any other corpses? Not yet. Not that we've been able to okay, find. that's good. Okay. I, well, I, they're I, not corpses yet. I've, I've sent the information you've given up the food chain. I'm waiting for a response. There's been some complications. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it tomorrow. All right. Well, you, you have my contact information. I would love to hear what the hell's going on. Yeah, I'm sure you would. I know. I'm sorry, Agent. I'm sorry. It's... Uh, yeah, I, I roped into this just like you, so I'm not making I'm not making the call here, but uh, I'll do the best I can. So hey, listen, t- we can't we can't keep it there. I don't I don't feel comfortable keeping it there until I can I, I can't get a delivery here, pick up in time. Just get get that rid of I. it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to do this. You get rid of it, secure the box, and I'll make sure that it's I'll make sure to better secure it tomorrow. Do we need to stay here to secure it? Uh, up to you, uh, up to you, Agent. That's not really not a bad idea. It's really not a bad idea. All right. Uh, let us know when you know anything, Castle. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll do that. I, I got you. I'll, I'll be back to you soon. Cheers. Right, good night. Click the phone closed. So, Rooster. Okay. Rooster's got the key. He found it. He opens the little bottom of the box. It spins, and there's a little fake rock with a key inside of it. He's just shaking. He's just shaking his head. Like, seriously? There's there's something in the in the box that we can use to dispose of the body. They wait dispose. You said we had to get it here. We did, and then the spot was compromised, and he and he won't be able to get here to, to properly secure it for twenty four hours, and that may not be that may be too long. You said there's got to be weird and important stuff in that box. Probably. So if they're not going to be able to get here, we're staying here. Well, we can. Tonight, yes. We. First thing, open the door, see what's in there. They weren't prepared enough for that, but they knew where it was, and no one should know where this is except Delta Green agents. And if I they tried to get in, that means get... they'll probably come back more prepared. 
Okay. Exactly. I think I, I think once we get into this box and we are able to dispose of the body, two people go go back to town to get the coroner's van back where it belongs, and then we take shifts. It's too far to go back and forth into town unless we send two people with both cars, take it in, drop off the van, come back in ours, and two of us stay here and keep watch. Yes, I've, I also think that we, we, we take shifts where two of us stay here for four hours and are relieved by the other two so that we are not falling asleep on well, post. if we keep shuttling back and forth between here and town, that deputy is going to find out where we're going. Not, not if you come back at four o'clock in the morning or so, and then, and then we drive back into town at about eight. But for 24 hours? Well, I mean, tonight is what I am most concerned about. All right, we'll figure out tomorrow morning after tomorrow. You want to open it up? I reckon. Let's open it. Yeah. Open it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the key, unlock it, pop it out, open the door, and, and just like step back, shining my light down into it. Yeah, I'm doing standard standard rifle out. So what you're opening is, it looks like kind of a, a storm cellar is the best way to describe what we're looking at. It's a, a open up a metal door which has stairs leading down into the ground, and this is concrete walls, or cinder block walls is what it would be, uh, and the roof is somewhere beneath the, the surface. It's maybe about eight feet beneath the ground as you walk down there. You step down with your flashlight open, you do find a hanging cord for some lights that are down here. Uh, do you want to pull those or just leave them off? I will actually say that Rowan does not go down. Ah. She's she, she's holding the light for anyone who's who's going to walk down there, but she does not take a step in there. No, Rooster takes point. He'll he'll move in, doing very careful checking all corners, keeping his balance. Rifle out. Furry would go in after him. As the two of you establish yourself in there, yeah, with the light up from above. Once they turn the light on, assuming they turn the light on, I'll like turn and like focus out to look for anyone coming. Excellent. Procedure is done. You very carefully, very quietly search flashlights, scanning corners, scanning boxes, crates of military gear, some old shelves and whatnot, a little bit of a, a couple of chairs and a, a small table that's down here in the storm cell. The room is maybe about 10 feet long, eight feet across and eight feet high. That's what we're dealing with. It's clear. You pull the light. It works. It's it's wired. Lights turn on. Some old fluorescents on both sides of the room illuminate into this storm cellar. So it's basically, it's an old storage place with some old gear and stuff in it, but there's a couple interesting items that grab your attention as you step inside the green box. Uh, Down here, one of the first things that you see is a military crate that looks a little bit more modern maybe in the last 10 years or so. It's got some markings on it that Rooster takes a look at, identifying itself as an M72A2 law anti-tank rocket. Oh, with yes. Launcher with a rocket in there. Opening it up, it's packed in there with a special foam insert and whatnot. It's got the launch unit and the rocket itself in the same box. How many rounds are there? There's one rocket and one launcher, which should be enough to kill one tank. So uh, there's a couple of hunting rifles, a couple of shotguns, a couple of pistols, ammunition for these things, upkeep equipment, you know, gun oil and other things, a sundry kits you'd use to maintain uh, these field weapons. In the corner, there's a crate for uh, a battery-powered Milwaukee Sawzill. It's a large portable saw. And it's got several different attached blades to it for cutting masonry, you know, and uh, metalworking. And uh, it would probably work on human bones as well if you want to cut something up of that size, but it's, it's one of those large industrial strength construction site saws that they use to cut construction stuff. It's got, you know, attached blades, extra battery packs and whatnot in there. 
Uh, there's a bunch of, there's a set of glass bottles in like a little milk crate. So there's eight of these bottles uh, that are labeled with little corrosive warnings on the side, like warning it's a high powered acid in these eight milk crate size bottles and a little corner box. So there's also in the corner, there's two sets of British Army enhanced combat body armor with a desert camo striping. And those are look like they have never been used. Um, you've got a couple of other just generic clothing. you got winter clothes, you know, like parkas, jackets and whatnot, boots. You've got some basic horse ranching kind of equipment, which maybe has been down there for a long time. And one other odd item on this little table, this little end table, like a card table with two chairs. There's an old 1980s-style cassette player uh, with a tape inside of it. That's the bulk of what you got. So those are the interesting items you've recovered in the screen box. Should we play it? Yeah. What's the worst that can ha- happen of just listening to something? Rooster says, while the player knows better. Rooster says, while Rowan is up top and can't hear him to correct that. <laughs> before Rory hit play, he would probably, before he hit play, he would at least kind of shout up, hey, there's a tape deck down here. Should we listen to it? I don't know. I personally... Rowan definitely like mutters to herself under her breath for a moment before like fine could we hear that and tell what language that was don't know could we hear that you, you heard it yeah is it any language that I recognized let me give me a luck roll let's see if you ever heard that language before 45 yeah that sounds uh like maybe Eastern European or a Russian dialect of some sort. It sounds, it's got that similar hmm. sort of Slavic, that, that deep Slavic sound to it. Okay. All right. Rory hits play. All right. Boom. Yeah. And Ron will we'll, we'll come down the stairs, visibly uncomfortable being down here, but down here. So the tape plays is there's a static that you would expect from an old cassette tape playing. It's in the middle of an interview. Uh, there's a man speaking to another man, asking him basically... Let's see how we go. They're in the middle of a conversation. And so he asked him again, he says, so what was it about this this song? Tell me more about the song, says the one man. And the other voice is an older voice. Um, has kind of a Native sound to it, Native American sound to it. It's got like a, like an old Native, slow-speaking, uh, intentional, purposeful, calm tone to it. And he talks about this is a song that was taught to him by his grandfather and his grandfather before him. Uh, the song is meant to be sung in Matusian Asunik. We, these are the, the sweat lodges that you, as you speak of in, in English. This song is taught to us from men who come from the Pleiades constellation. They come from the stars. The question asks, what do you mean they come from the stars? So he explains that the Cree people, his people, ancient, long time ago, the story is that they are not... They're not human. We are from the stars. We're descendants of the stars. You know, our our ancestors did not come from where you come from. We are not white people like you. We we come from the stars. We are ancient people. And these this is a song of my people. We use this song to speak to our ancestors, those who brought us and helped guide us and teach us wisdom and whatnot. So the old man begins to sing. This year, this nice lilting um, song in, in some sort of an old dialect, the Native American dialect that you heard. It's a chanting sort of sound. It's pleasant. It's interesting. It's got some highs and lows, a lot of rhythm to it, repeated syllables over and over again. It, he sings it for maybe a minute and a half or so. 
it's got, it repeats itself several times. It's a simple, simple tune that he says he sings to the interviewer. He doesn't interrupt him, lets him sing, lets him do this little chant. Does it sound at all similar to the mom that was singing the day earlier that day? I was about to ask exactly the same thing. Um, what? Give me an idea roll. Which one is that? Both of us? Uh, or? Both of you who heard the song. Both of you. Yeah. Which one is that? Int- That's intelligence in- or idea. Uh, where did yeah. my dice go? Let's see what. 50, 54 out of 70. Uh, 27 out of 75. Dang. Doctor. <laughs> you can hear this fellow singing the words and the language, but the rhythm and the tones. Like if you were just to hum those tones, it, it reminds you of what Christina was singing to her infant child. A similar sort of sound to it. So he, you know, the interviewer asked him, well, who are the star people? What do they look like? Who are they? Where do they come from? And the man re- refuses to answer the question. He says that they, are, they look like whatever they choose to look like. They, they are special people. They can look like whatever it is that they need, whatever the function and the form. They, they are, they will be. They exist as they choose. They are special people, the star people. And so he asks them about, where do you sing it in your lodges? He says, well, we do, but if we want to speak to the star people, we often go up high. We find a place up high if we wish to bring them down to earth to speak to us. So he asks about where it was, and the old man mentions that we would, his people would often go to Ghost Mountain to make the call to speak to the star people. And so he asks, about, oh, you know, When's the last time you saw them? When, tell me more about these people. And the old man defers. He says, no, I've, I've never seen them. I don't speak to the star people. He says, but you know the song. You're, clearly you've summoned them. He says, no, no, no. It says, this is a story that my, my grandfather taught me. We don't do this anymore. And the interviewer seems disappointed. He says, well, well, surely someone in your tribe has seen these star people. Someone has seen them. He says, no, no, no. No, we, they're not for you to see. This is something for my people and not for you with a pointed tone to it. This is our heritage and our history. We, we will not bring the star people. We will not show them to you. And the recording fades out. That's that same song. Yeah. What do you mean, same song? That's what Christina was singing to her baby. Jacob's wife. Was she Cree? No, she was white. But, but you, you said she was talking about a star child, didn't you? Yeah. And 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 the the gentleman on the tape said that they can look like whatever they need to. They can take whatever form they need to. I imagine that includes a baby. Wait, so that so the baby wasn't actually a baby, or it, I don't know if they talked about summoning them. That could be what's going on. Whatever this is, someone summoned it. That's what the this whole disease is. That's what the baby could be them whatever whoever they are uh ambassador a front runner or just i don't know or a scout i don't know but this is what to think about that first off can i just can i just say i told you it was fucking aliens i'm tiana hansen and i play rowan i'm ben sislowski and i play rooster i'm seth jones and i play river I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Thomas Ogus, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detwiller, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. The Chapter 1 story is based on the scenario Extremophilia, written by Shane Ivey. 
If you like our story, there's two things you can do to support us. First, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to each new episode of the story, Rowan's written reports for each chapter, as well as access to bonus episodes that explore the background of our characters and the story. And if you can't support us directly, please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Share us on social media. We're on all the usual social media sites as The Redacted Reports. Thanks for listening.